Hey, good morning. I wanted to talk when I was originally thinking about what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to discuss uh, where it says that the people had all things in common. This is uh, out of Acts 4. And that they they shared everything. They took care of each other. Uh, but as I started getting into it and looking at what was going on leading up to uh, that part in in the chapter, there is there's a lot happening. And there is a lot of good things to uh, pull out and extract from from what was written here. And so I, I was going to just go with the end of this, but we need to back up and, and go through kind of the whole chapter to really have the context of, of what uh, Peter and John had just come out of and and what is happening when they when they meet back up with uh, with everybody. So we'll get into this. Uh, we'll go through Acts 4 and, uh, and talk about it along the way. All right. So it started in verse 1. Uh, the teaching and preaching of Peter and John angered the priests. Uh, the captain of the temple police and representatives of the Jewish sect of the Sadducees. Uh, they were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. And it's uh, it's kind of important to note here that the Sadducees they didn't um, they didn't have any uh, belief in the supernatural, particularly resurrection was not something that they believed in. So that uh, very much would have angered them uh, that this was being taught and being said that Jesus was resurrected. It says they were furious that the people were being taught that in Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. So while Peter and John were still speaking the Jewish authorities came to the temple courts to oppose them. They had them arrested, and since it was already evening, they kept them in custody until the next day. Yet there were many in the crowd who believed the message, bringing the total number of men who believed to nearly 5,000. Uh, it, it was customary back then to only count the men and not the women and children. So it's important to note that uh, with women and children, the likely number was in the tens of thousands, right? That, that's how many would have been around and, and started to uh, swell the numbers of the early church. The next day, many Jewish leaders, religious scholars, and elders of the people convened a meeting in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others who were members of the high priest's family. They made Peter and John stand in front of the council as they questioned them, saying, Tell us, by what power and authority have you done these things? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered, Respected elders and leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know that it is by the power of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. This Jesus is the stone that you, the builders, have rejected 
and now he has become the cornerstone. There is no one else who has the power to save us, for there is only one name to whom God has given authority by which we must experience salvation, the name of Jesus. They were not holding back. They were uh, brought before this, this council for, uh, for really no apparent reason other than uh, what they were teaching the people. So there was no crime. So the council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered that they were just ordinary men who had never been religious or never had religious training. And then they began to understand the effect Jesus had on them simply by spending time with him. They started to understand that. But did they have any real revelation of it? Uh, they, they understood. Uh, good morning, Angie. Uh, they understood that that Jesus had a great effect on them just by spending time with them. But the revelation was not really there about the message. They just understood that Jesus had great influence on these people when he spent time with them. It says, standing there with them was the healed man, and there was nothing further they could say. So they ordered them to leave the room. Hey, Angie, I know you're just joining. We're in Acts 4. I'm uh, at verse 15 right now. So, so they ordered them to leave the room while they discussed the matter. Among themselves, they said, what should we do with these men? Everyone in Jerusalem can clearly see that they've performed a notable sign and wonder. We can't deny that. But to keep this propaganda from spreading any further among the people, let's threaten them severely and warn them to never speak to anyone in this name again. So they had them brought back in before the council, and they commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus. This council that was convened against uh, Peter and John has just uh, commanded them to never teach the people or speak again using the name of Jesus, but for no reason. No reason. Hi, Lisa. No reason had they uh, did they have to do this other than they just disagreed with what it is they were teaching. That was it. But here's the response. I love this. Verse 19. But Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourselves. Is it better to listen to you or to God? It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. Absolutely impossible. I know it's the same for us. You know, we see great things. We hear wonderful messages. We have to share them. It's just something, you know, when those things really resonate within us that we see in here, when we see a miracle happen, it, you can't contain that. You have to share it. And it's in obedience to God that you're sharing these things, right? It's to allow other people to share uh, um, with that experience and give glory to God. I just love. Uh, their words there. 
it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard. They were going to be obedient to Jesus regardless of, of what this council was threatening. It goes on in verse 21, says, Since the members of the council couldn't come up with a crime they could punish them for, they threatened them once more and let them go. Empty words, empty threats. It, you know, in, in light of what they experienced personally, these threats had absolutely no value to them. They were meaningless. They were going to be obedient to God anyway. All the people praised God, thrilled over the miraculous healing of the crippled man. And the man who received this miracle sign of healing was over 40 years old. And, and there is significance to the number 40. Uh, and you can go research that. Uh, if you have a passion translation, you can go to, um, I think it's the, the first chapter and uh, one of the notes on, on one of the first few verses, it talks about the number 40. Uh, this is the part I really want to get into because there is some great stuff to pull out of here, starting in verse 23. It says, as soon as they were re released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priest and the elders. Right here, I love this. They didn't take time to go um, get cleaned up or or rest or or eat or anything like that. They immediately went to the other believers to explain what had happened, to share the miracle, to share uh, the words of the council, to share their response to the council, which is going to inspire the other believers. They didn't hesitate. They went straight to their community. They went straight to the, the people that they are in union with, that they share oneness with. Says when the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. And and it goes on, we'll, and we'll read this here, um, that they had this prayer and um, they raised their voices in unity and prayed. And then it lays out the prayer here. But I can imagine it's more of, of just people praying. Whatever their praise was, they were they were offering that up in prayer to God for what they had heard, for the report that they had heard from Peter and John. It's just incredible, right? They raised their voices in unity and prayed. And, and here's the prayer that's, that's given. It says, Lord Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. This right here, I just, I, I love it. They are, they are opening up their minds to the wonder of what it is God's created. And they're just absolutely overjoyed that that's the first thing that comes out of their mouth is praise about this and knowing that he's the Lord of all and he created the universe, the, the entire cosmos, right? And they're just celebrating that right now. That's the first thing they're doing is celebrating that. And then it says, and you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant, David, our forefather saying, how dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. 
Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand, with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. This is taken from Psalm 2, and it is, it's an incredible psalm, because you see uh, in the first section the, the kings of the earth speaking, and then it goes on to uh, God speaking, and it's it's an interesting thing to read, and it, it's fun to see the reaction uh, that David uh, put down in that in that psalm. It's so it's out of Psalm two. Highly recommend go read it later. Uh, you'll really enjoy it. So in fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah. They did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out before him. Right there, according to the destiny you had marked out before him. This always, uh, reading things like that in here, uh, always makes me go back to uh, John 1. It says, in the very beginning, the living expression was already there. And the living expression was with God, yet fully God. They were together face to face in the very beginning. And, and uh, you know, in the very beginning, that's before um, God ignited the universe and spoke the words, let there be light. Right. They were face to face together and they knew what was going to happen. They knew what was going to be required to pull us back into the purpose of being in union with, with the Father, with, with Jesus, with Holy Spirit. Right? They knew what was going to be required. And they did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny you had marked out for him. Gosh. This is, it's so incredible to think about the, the decision that was made in love for us uh, before we were physically created. But in that moment, I just, I know that they could see every face throughout time and what was, uh, what was going to take place. It's just incredible to think about that. So much love pouring out of, of that face-to-face -face encounter and conversation that took place when they determined that the Lamb of God would be slain from the foundations of the world. Hmm. We'll go on to verse 29. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. This, this right here is, uh, when I read this, is what led me to expand what I wanted to talk about today. This part of their prayer, 
So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. I can just hear like the laughter in that sentence. Like, Lord, listen to these threats from this council to harm us if we don't stop sharing our experience with you, our interactions with you, what we watched you do on a daily basis, the miracles we saw you perform, the words that that you spoke. (laughs) Listen to their threats to harm us if we continue to share that. Can't you just hear them laughing about that? And they go on, empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Are you sharing your experiences freely and courageously? Are you sharing what it is God's asking you to say or do freely and courageously? They wanted to be empowered to act when God said to do something. To uh, shout when he said to speak. Right? To, to go where it was he said to go, when he said to go there. That's what they were asking to be empowered to do. They weren't asking to be empowered to go give some great argument against this council that was coming against them. They didn't care about that. They wanted to freely and courageously speak the word of God. That was it. They didn't want, they wanted to stretch out their hand. They wanted God to stretch out his hand of power through them to heal people and to move in signs and wonders by the name of Jesus. They didn't ask for God to stretch out his hand against these people and and consider them enemies. That's not what they wanted. The people that were opposing them, they did not give thought to that opposition. What they gave thought and focus to was freely and courageously speaking the word of God. Right, to move in healing, signs and wonders. That's what they focused on. They didn't focus on the opposition that was coming against them. And I just, I, I absolutely love that because it is so important to see what it is that they prayed and what it is that they asked to be empowered for and to recognize what they didn't. What did they not ask for? What were they not seeking here. And that is a great example of where our focus should be even today. We shouldn't be uh, uh, fighting. uh, Yeah, smite them, Lord. That is not what they were after. Right. And to, to take this into context today, right, arguments on social media or uh, uh, ridiculous things that divide the body of Christ. These things just have to be taken out of focus. 
and start looking at union and oneness. What pulls us together? What brings us together? And that, and we can freely and courageously speak the word of God. You have to be, you, you're, you're empowered to do this now. And, and if you don't think so, just ask for it. Just ask to be empowered to speak the word of God freely and courageously. And he will empower you. He will give you the grace to do that. But here's the important part of that. On the backside of that, you have to actually go out and exercise your freedom and exercise your courage. Because if you ask for this, right, he's going to give you the grace to do it and the opportunity to exercise those things, to exercise the freedom that he has given you, to exercise the courage that he's given you. You're going to have to actually go out and do the thing. It's not just going to like happen for you. You're going to have the opportunity to freely and courageously live out your calling, move into your assignment, but you're going to have to do the things. It says in verse 31, At that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. They asked to be empowered to do those things, to freely and courageously speak the word of God. They asked to be empowered. They asked for God to stretch out his hand through them to heal, to move in signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. And immediately, immediately after that, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building to tremble. And each of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and with unrestrained boldness. They proclaimed the word of God. I am trying to think of a time where I exercised unrestrained boldness, a boldness that knew no limits, a boldness that like Peter and John could not be restrained. Even in the face of threats, they said, we can't obey you. We have to obey God. Which one do you think is better? They questioned the council and they declared right then that they weren't going to stop. And again, that council threatened them, but they were living in an unrestrained boldness. And now the rest of the community that they came back and shared their story with, shared their experience with, now they are moving in unrestrained boldness. They had a focus to ask for empowerment, to freely and courageously share the word of God. And immediately it was, it was given to them. And then it says, all the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they had with one another. And that is a great picture of oneness, right? You Share everything 
with the community. Everything that Holy Spirit inspires you to share, share. Everything he inspires you to give, give. And the next verse says, The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great measures of grace rested upon them all. I love the little uh, um, verse 32, how it's sandwiched between there. Uh, it, It says, you know, before that, each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Then it talks about the believers being of one mind and heart and having no selfishness. And then it goes back to the apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of Jesus. That, that selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything they had with one another is, is right in between those two verses. And everything that they shared wasn't just about material possession, right? Every revelation that they got, everything that was awakened inside of them, every gift that was given them, they shared with the people. They were not selfish with their gift. What they carried, they brought to the community to make everyone better, to enrich everyone's lives to sharpen each other. I really think that's, that's why that verse is between the other ones because it talks about after that, then it talks about material possession, land being sold, property being sold. But this up here, all the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community, for they shared everything they had with one another. And and I would encourage you to get with Holy Spirit and ask him, what if that's the case there? Am I being selfish with my gifts? Am I being selfish with what I carry and not bringing it to the community? If so, it's time to be asked to be empowered. It's time to look for that unrestrained boldness to be dropped into you. It's time to share with everyone what it is God has given you, what it is he has put in you to carry, to bring to the table. Because when you do that, it's going to open up opportunity for you. It's going to open up uh, potential that you hadn't seen before. Because you're stewarding what it is that he's putting you to carry. And like we've talked about so many times before, when you do that, you start to move to the next level of glory. And if you go back and listen to uh, Angie's talk, Uh, on life up here about sticking the landing. You're going to see that as you start to move to that next level of glory, you can't be straddling between the two, fully commit to that next level. Because now you have something new to bring. You're carrying more to bring into oneness, to sharpen others, to, uh, 
just present everything you had, right? Because we're all in one mind and one heart. And verse 34 goes on to say, some who owned houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without. Not a single person among them was needy. So here's where they start talking about the material aspect of, of sharing with the community. It says some who owned houses or land sold them and brought the proceeds before the apostles. Not all, but some. Again, it's, it's as Holy Spirit inspires you to, to act, be obedient, quickly obey what it is he's asking you to do. If he's telling you to give some amount to a, a church or to unedited life, then just obey that. Just follow through with what it is he's telling you to do. Whatever action it is he's he's giving you, do that. Don't don't delay. Don't wait. Right? Just take that inspiration from him and just go move. Move with unrestrained boldness. When you do this, uh, whether it's um, selling something, giving money. Um, sharing your gifts, sharing what it is with you that you carry with the community. Wow. The, the inspiration that you're going to have, the impact that you're going to have on the people around you is absolutely incredible. And you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to feel it. And then you, you start to get awakened to, oh my gosh, I, I'm in, in doing this in, in sharing what it is I'm carrying, I'm releasing the kingdom, right? That kingdom is now spilling out of me and impacting the world around me. That's what I want for myself. That's what I want for the people around me. That's the impact I want to have. I want to see the kingdom spread. I want to see it have influence in in every aspect of of the people around me and in my community everywhere i go i want to be impacted i want that place and those people to be impacted by the kingdom because of what i carry without any hesitation you know freely and courageously speaking doing, going where Holy Spirit leads. I think that's it for today. Uh, get into Acts 4. Read this. Talk with Holy Spirit about it. See what he has to say to you. See what, what kind of uh, inspiration you find out of it. All right. Yep, that's it. You guys have a great week. Um, we will be on Wednesday morning for unedited chats. Uh, and then Angie will be on uh, later Friday. Um, 
I can't remember what time. I think nine is when she comes on. Uh, but that'll be on Friday. Life up here. Uh, you don't want to miss it. All right. You guys have a great week. And uh, we will talk to you again soon. Bye.